A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can drive change or build an empire. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com. Nico Rosberg has done it again and that is surprised the hell out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> he beat Lewis Hamilton off the line in Monza and he won the race. And I think he probably was surprised as well. Probably <laughs> when he launched his car he was wondering where is Lewis going and I'm sure he was happy. Well amazingly enough this is Nico's first ever victory at Monza. And this is right on the heels of his first ever victory at Spa. <laughs> Lots of first ever. Yeah, I think Rosberg suffers from a major FOMO or the fear of missing out as millennials call it. <laughs> But the big question here is uh, will all of this culminate into Rosberg's first ever drivers world championship? And whether you know, of course we'll have to wait till uh, Abu Dhabi hopefully for that answer. Eagerly waiting. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, to add to the first evers, Rosberg won his first ever Driver of the Day award as well. That's after seven wins this season. He finally won a Driver of the Day award. <laughs> wow! But Kunal, I am going to bet that the Driver of the Day award that he won was not for his racing alone. It was for his awesome podium singing. <laughs> But more on that in a bit when we talk about the Italian Grand Prix. But first, we're going to talk about all the funny news that we've been seeing in the world of Formula One. Starting with the football match between the F1 stars and the All Stars. Well, the F1 stars got absolutely thrashed to a 22-10 defeat. But the drivers, I think, they performed to their true characteristics. <laughs> the interesting part about this match is it was held on a makeshift uh, pitch. that was built on the start finish straight in monza that is so, awesome technology to formula 1 very one. awesome yes but like you said drivers performed to their true characteristics so i know that alonso was the best player among them all and i don't think we should really be surprised about that now luckily football doesn't need an engine <laughs> <laughs> so joe perez he missed a goal and i wonder what his sponsors think about it <laughs> <laughs> They'll take it up with a Force India management, <laughs> and uh, Jolyon Palmer, a lesser-known British Formula One driver, he drives for Renault this year. Apparently, he scored an own goal. <gasps> I am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything seems to be working in his favor this season. <laughs> I'm willing to bet that Danny Kivar was demoted to the bench and didn't get to play at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the best of all. Max Verstappen was the best defender in this match. Question is, did anyone get hurt thanks to his defending? <laughs> I guess now after the FIA, FIFA probably wants to have a chat with Max Verstappen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on, Apple, uh, whatever billion dollar claims in taxes that you know they were filed or they were slapped in the EU, the same lady who filed that suit against Apple. is actually looking at the legal case filed by Sauber and Force India against Formula 1 for some unfair trade practices or something and you know if she could take on Apple what is Formula 1 
Kunal, I don't know where the hell you get these in pieces of information from, but that's really <laughs> interesting. Lewis Hamilton has again been his uh, politically incorrect self. He said that fans don't care about, you know, the high-tech engines and all of that. I really wonder what his team, the reigning world champions Mercedes, think about their brand ambassador's views. <laughs> <laughs> but 10 on 10 for being honest. Yeah, okay. we've got to grant him that. I, I've, I've worked in Formula 1 and I've been following Formula 1 for, I think, 15 years. And I still can't understand the MGUH and the K and I don't even know what else. Just give us wheel-to-wheel racing. You know, but I must say this, since we've started the podcast with saying something slightly off about Lewis Hamilton, guys, we're not bashing him like a lot of social media trolls think. We're just having some fun. We have the same kind of fun with pretty much every other driver on the podcast. And since you've tuned in, you should stay tuned in and see that we have some good stuff to say about Hamilton as well. We love Lewis Hamilton sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) I did love him on Saturday in Monza, by the way. He was awesome. Okay, but... Monza for later. Uh, The proposed 2017 Formula 1 calendar says that Australia and China will be the opening back-to-back Grand Prix weekends for fans. And, you know, I really wonder, why are they selling 2017 to us so aggressively? You know, they're talking of different regulations. Carlos Sainz Jr. said it's another category altogether. And now a double opening weekend. I mean, it's welcome, but... Maybe there is something fishy out there. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at its welcome. And I'm very happy that the sport is doing all this. But after a brilliant race at Spa, we had a fairly interesting race at Monza. And lots of stuff to discuss, Kunal. So, would you say interesting? Would you say boringly interesting? I don't know which way you're going to put it. (laughs) I'm not as politically incorrect as Lewis Hamilton. So... (laughs) But well, only two points separate Lewis and Nico now. Only two points and boom, it's going to go down to the wire for sure. Yeah, I really thought that Rosberg is only going to lose more ground. Okay, and uh, but I must say Hamilton, a super Saturday, but he lost the race at the start on Sunday. And his poor form off the line just continues to haunt him. Uh, I think he lost, what, five places at the start in Monza? And by the way, if our math is correct, this was Hamilton's sixth pole position of the season, but he's won from pole just twice. Wow. And for those interested in statistics, so 13 of the last 18 Grand Prix in Monza were won from pole. So just imagine the odds that beat Lewis Hamilton. So you mean it wasn't just Rosberg, but the odds that beat Lewis Hamilton as well? (laughs) (laughs) So despite the countless number of Mercedes 1-2s that we've had, if there's one thing this year that's really made races exciting, it's a part of course from Max Verstappen. (laughs) It has been the reintroduction of the manual starts. Yes, so the drivers now have to line up their car on the grid, engage start mode and the settings and launch once the lights go off all by themselves without radio help from the pit walk, which is kind of brilliant, isn't it? It's given us a lot of exciting race starts. Yeah, I mean, the first laps have been so interesting because somebody's falling off, somebody's made a brilliant start and somebody's blaming the clutch. (laughs) (laughs) But talking of Monza, we can't seem to ever ignore the kind of passion and madness that we saw there on Sunday. I couldn't count, but there were hundreds and thousands of fans and it seems so strange that Formula 1 is even thinking of considering dropping this race. Okay. 
the Tifosi was out in such strong support of their team. And, uh, you know, I'm very sure they, made, they were happy that Vettel made it to the podium. But just because Formula 1 wants to build newer audiences, how can you forget your most obsessive, your most fanatic audiences just like that because of money? I'm glad that Monza has been extended to 2019. Oh, yes. That is good news for all of us. That means we've got about three years to still make it there. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. But, of course, there is a caveat to this that just because the circuit is iconic doesn't mean that the races are always going to be interesting. And I don't think 2016 was exciting by a lot of standards. (laughs) That's apart from Hamilton and Verstappen's start, of course. <laughs> that was quite exciting. <laughs> and despite all three Pirelli racing compounds being put to use. Perhaps more than the actual race, it was the podium ceremony which was the most interesting part for me. So we had Wettel speak to the crowd in Italian. But you know, Kunal, I think his language skills are limited to repeating Grazie, Grazie and uh, Ferrari. <laughs> Forgive my lack of Italian. <laughs> Well, Nico Rosberg, on the other hand, like, wow, his podium performance, and I'm going to deliberately use that word, was so uncharacteristic, but just so awesome. I think it deserves an applause even for that. Come on. (laughs) I'm sure the other two drivers on the podium got an absolute complex thanks to Nico Rosberg. (laughs) The rock star and Hamilton, of course, because Nico was singing, (laughs) goddammit. He actually sang on the podium before Hamilton planned to do his debut on the podium. Damn it. (laughs) And Vettel, he must have been stunned that Nico knows so much Italian. (laughs) Well, I think if Rosberg was to ever apply for a Ferrari driver's job, they already know that the Tifosi love him. He knows how to engage the Tifosi. And he knows damn good Italian. Well, it takes guts, Kunal, to sing after you've been bored. (laughs) (laughs) It also takes guts to sing on the podium without Bernie's permission. Let's remember, everything there is clockwork. But for those who've been wondering why Nico Rosberg picked that particular song, well, it's called Seven Nation Army. And it's actually what the Italians sang through their Football World Cup campaign in 2006. And ever since, it's become almost like a second national anthem for the country. (laughs) I'm glad it's the second. Because after those numerous wins that Michael gave us at Ferrari, the Italian anthem is just embedded in memory. I'm never going to change it. No Seven (laughs) Nations army for me. But the song is really catchy, Kunal. Sing with me. The Tifosi were better. At least they sang with Nico Rosberg. (laughs) Well, I can tell you, Rosberg was probably also lining up his retirement role. You know, podium ceremonies, master of ceremonies, audience engagement, all of that (laughs) put together. But Monza also, apart from the Lewis and the Nico battle that we spoke about, had two big constructors fight on the grid. We had Ferrari versus Red Bull Racing, of course. The gap now is down to 11 points and... Guess what? Kimi Raikkonen is finally delivering decent results. And Jacques Villeneuve, I think Formula 1's most famous critic, is also happy with Raikkonen. I mean, like it mattered to anyone ever, but he's also happy with Raikkonen. (laughs) So, Nicky Lauda, we just love Nicky Lauda's comments, don't we? So, he's gone and said that Vettel seems weaker at the moment. (laughs) That's after Vettel made it to the podium. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
Red Bull Racing knew that Monza was going to be one of the toughest races for them on the calendar. And I think they managed pretty well though. They'd set a target of 5th and 6th and they finished 5th and 7th. Yes, and talking of targets, so Ferrari's Sergio Marchioni, or however you pronounce it, on the other hand said that Ferrari has failed to meet its 2016 targets. And of course, if you're going to put winning the world championship as a target in a Ferrari this season, it's actually an impossible target for anyone to chase down. But anyway, back to Red Bull Racing. (laughs) Well, at Red Bull, it's interesting to note that despite all the hype, Verstappen has been outperformed by Ricciardo in the past four races. Wow. Good job. I hope our listeners in Australia are as pleased. There's Lucien, as we mention him always. There's Glenn uh, as well. And uh, the upcoming races in Singapore and Suzuka and a few others will actually suit the high downforce configuration of Red Bull Racing car better and they should outscore Ferrari again. So the, the battle is only going to get more interesting and... Talking about Ricciardo, I loved his pass on Valtteri Bottas. And of course, people are talking of it as the overtake of the year. And I don't know if it makes it to that. But let's remember, in a circuit like Monza, where there's literally no aerodynamic grip, okay, because you've just cut down all your wings, he's come from that behind and outbreaked Valtteri Bottas into the famous turn one. And think of it this way that... Usually, it's his teammate who's in the news for all those crazy overtakes. Crazy. <laughs> but, Ricciardo, did you see him giggling after uh, oh, yes, that overtake? Yes, yes. It was lo- so cute, right? <laughs> I love that sign, you know. I, the, the first time I saw somebody do it in Formula 1 was Felipe Massa. It's good to see his buddy Daniel Ricciardo take it on as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love Daniel Ricciardo. Max Verstappen, though, he was quite uncharacteristically subdued at Monza. Yes. Possibly because, you know, he was given that gentle warning by stewards. (laughs) And I suspect he was given quite a thrashing by his father. (laughs) I think we should have a chat with Max Verstappen. And that's because everyone wants to have a chat with him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the best news about Max is that he helped increase the ticket sales in Monza by 25%. 25%! (laughs) I think this news is going to be standard for many years to come. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the next battle to talk about is Force India versus Williams. And I think Force India lost ground by five points. Despite both teams having both their drivers finish in the point. But I'm a little puzzled that Force India couldn't do as well at Monza. Because Spa and Monza have usually been happy hunting grounds for the team in the past. And here's an interesting piece of insight from the Williams garage. So they changed Botas's helmet and that actually helped him gain the 1,000th of a second. And that's just what he needed to beat Daniel Ricciardo in qualifying. <laughs> you know, we just love such stories in Formula 1, don't we? 1,000th of a second. <laughs> I'm amazed. Well, we're in September now and September, as we all know, is usually the month of the silly season in Formula 1. We have teams announcing their driver lineups for the next year. And we've had two big pieces from Monza about the 2017 driver lineup already. So the first big news is that Felipe Massa will retire at the end of the year. And um, it was expected, but still can't help feeling a little bad, Kunal, that yes. we won't get to see Massa on the grid anymore. Yes, Mr. Nice Guy going into <laughs> retirement. But on that note, I think we should have a round of cheer 
or several for that matter for formula 1's most loved number 2 driver and also our moral world champion from 2008 <laughs> thank you felipe massa for all those emotional moments in formula 1 I'm just waiting to see Massa Jr in the car. You know he certainly has Formula 1 in his blood. If his videos and Daniel Ricciardo are to be believed. <laughs> <laughs> and Williams of course is out looking for Massa's replacement and there's strong rumor that a Canadian rookie called Lance Stroll will replace him and by the way he's also just 18 and uh, that means that Max will have some competition in the youngest ever records out there <laughs> and uh, and it doesn't really hurt to know and tell our listeners that stroll's father is a billionaire and williams of course need the money as well especially if they are beaten to fourth by force india or they could just hire perez's sponsors and sergio perez as well i'm just thinking it's time that we have a pay host on the podcast <laughs> you know we should take some inspiration from formula 1 finally we'll make money <laughs> Jensen Button will take a sabbatical and no he is not retiring or so he claims so he has the option to return to the McLaren car in 2018 but that's only if there is a seat available and a bigger if if the car is competitive <laughs> I think the second one is a tough one huh? <laughs> I don't know if it's the McLaren car alone or the Honda engine that needs to be competitive as well <laughs> Well in the meanwhile Jensen's going to be a mentor a brand ambassador you know maybe do some donuts at a publicity event which we'll be invited to or chill by the grid with a cappuccino <laughs> <laughs> or a beer yeah take some inspiration from Alonso <laughs> Yeah well he is going to do what retired formula 1 drivers do without calling it retirement though let's remember <laughs> And of course he's going to be replaced by the young Stoffel van Doorn and Here is where I think history is somewhere repeating itself for Fernando Alonso. So the last time he had a rookie teammate from GP2 who had beaten the field in an ART racing car, he was matched and beaten by that teammate. No prizes for guessing who this driver was, but history is probably repeating itself for <laughs> Fernando Alonso. But I also think that McLaren have an issue in letting their world champion drivers go. First was Hakkinen now was button and i can only imagine what on earth will they do to fernando alonso <laughs> but it's a really smart strategy by mclaren i think so they keep button at hand you know in case van doon does not perform or if alonso retires or you know whatever happens but it really seems unlikely that alonso will retire in 2018 if the car turns around you know after enduring all these performance lows <laughs> he's going to be there when the highs come in after pushing the car back into the pit lane literally yeah <laughs> <laughs> but simply put formula 1 is so complex that even something as simple as a retirement for a driver isn't as straightforward <laughs> and if i was formula e i would rush to sign both massa and button as my star drivers they're actually a good addition to the list of podium interviewers <laughs> i can't wait to see them on the podium <laughs> of all people lewis hamilton has finally shown us that he has a sense of humor too hey he's always showed us that i mean <laughs> remember that uh, summer break tweet which ricciardo laughed with us about 
Yeah, I'm not sure Lewis was trying to be funny, but okay. <laughs> so Lewis started the press conference at Monza saying that he's going to retire. And then everyone was shocked and then 2 seconds later he just said that no no haha it's a joke and it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I must tell you that those 2 seconds were probably the best for Nico Rosberg. <laughs> Next in the line of retirements could be none other than the octogenarian Bernie Ecclestone. And this isn't because he's actually bitched the sport out yet again. So the buzz is that Formula 1 ownership is about to change hands yet again. uh the existing owner cvc partners are in advanced talks to sell a stake to us based liberty media and of course cvc has been long criticized for raking all the profits in but not spending enough on marketing the sport and you know we've spoken about this multiple times we also heard that charlie whiting is bored of his job <laughs> well i know he's been doing it for a long long time but tell me how do you get bored of a job in formula 1 <laughs> Well, I did. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> It seems that he's now looking for a role at a team. I just hope Kunal that this doesn't mean that the fake Charlie Whiting Twitter account which we love so much, I hope it doesn't shut down. Yes, and you know, interestingly, the last time Charlie Whiting planned to join a team, Ron Dennis threatened to quit the sport. So, the sport's rivalries exist off track as well. <laughs> I just hope that we don't have to add Danny Kiva to the list of retirements from Formula 1. There's been all these nasty rumors during the rounds that the Red Bull Junior driver Pierre Grassley is going to step in and replace Danny Kiva from Singapore. But Helmut Marko has actually denied all of this. I just really hope that Danny Kiva catches a break soon. Yes, and uh, the Red Bull Racing program actually made a statement a few hours back before we recorded this podcast that This is actually not the right time to judge Danny Kivat's performance. I mean, strange to see some heart coming from the Red Bull Racing program. The very program that very heartlessly demoted him after scoring a podium. Anyway, uh, we were fortnight's break till Singapore and if all reports are to be believed, Formula 1's new ownership could just kick in by then. And uh, I hope that after bailing out in the last few attempts, F1 will finally be sold this time. Stay tuned as we will bring to you our analysis and humor next week as well. Adios. Wendy's Baconator is the ultimate bacon cheeseburger that puts all other cheeseburgers to cheeseburger shame. And now we're bringing that same big bacon energy to shake up and wake up your breakfast with the Breakfast Baconator, stacked with a fresh cracked egg, sausage, cheese, and bacon. And right now, you can get a free Breakfast Baconator with purchase in the Wendy's app. So get to Wendy's and always be baconating. We got you. offer available at participating US Wendy's for a limited time during breakfast hours only. Offer must be redeemed via the app. Account registration required. 